Bokatov, today's daf is daf Kuf Chof in Yavamas. Daf Kuf Chof. Again, we learned for four Shlema for Elazar ben Reuma and Yosef Israel ben Chaim Michal. And yesterday at the end of the uh, daf, we were discussing a machlokas between Rabbi Lazar and the Tanakhama. Rabbi Lazar said that um, even, the, uh, I mean, the Tanakhama rather said that in the case where Reuben and Shimon were married to two women who were not sisters, but each one testified, each of these women testified that their own husband died. So, of course, normally, if you're testified about your husband dying, you're believed and you can marry somebody else. But over here, the question was, there was a case of the Yavim. Each one had to make even apparently with the other one's husband. The other one's husband was dead, according to their own wives, right? According to each one's wife. But they're not trusted to tell, to talk about their uh potential co-wife in this case, right? Because uh, if either one of them would marry the other one's husband, so they'd be co-wives, right? If, uh, if Reuben died and his wife married Shimon and Shimon's already married to uh, Shimon's, Shimon's wife, they'd be co-wives. So they're not believed and therefore they're stuck. So the mission said that Asura, each one is also because of the other one. Unless of course there were eight of them that one died or if one of them had children, but in case there were no children, then they would both be prohibited from marrying outside because maybe the husband's there, right? Maybe the other one's there, maybe the oven is alive and you can't rely on the testimony of the oven's wife in each case. Okay, what happens though if there was other brothers, let's say Levi and Yehuda, and they married them? Well, if they married them, uh, now what, what, what would you say? They married them, that means that um, they consider themselves um, they, they were they were Yavamos, right? They, the husband died with no children, so they married the other ones. But if they married the other ones and they weren't supposed to marry the other ones, then that would be Eishas Achshalav Malka Mitzvah. So the mission says that Siabmu Umesu Hayavamin Asurusinos, so they still can't get married to anybody else because maybe they weren't really supposed to get remarried to somebody else. Maybe uh, in each case, maybe there was um, uh, maybe there was a, maybe there was a child or um, maybe you were you're supposed to believe them and say mitzvah. So the Mishnah said, each one still should not get married. Why? Even though Levi and Yehuda are now dead, they marry Levi and Yehuda and they're not dead. But maybe Reuben and Shimon are alive, even though Reuben's wife said she she's he's dead and Shimon's wife said he's dead. But each one cannot be believed for the other one. So what do you do? So the Tanakhama said that even if they uh, if they if they got married to Levi and Yehuda and Levi and Yehuda died, they still can't marry outside. They can't marry Lashuk because maybe Reuben and Shimon are alive, unless we know there's other evidence that they're dead. But Blessed says no. Since uh, once they marry the Yavaman, then they're not also to marry anymore. Uh, you're not concerned that they're that they're um, uh, that their husband, that Reuben and Shimon are alive, because once they married Levi and Yehuda, you can rest assured that they relied on the fact that uh, Reuben and Shimon are actually dead, and now they can marry Lishuk. That was Machlok to Blazer and Tanakama. So the Gemara debated at the end of the Daf, does Rabbi Lazar hold that Atzara is believed, or since she herself, in each case, she herself married Levi and Yehuda, that means that she felt that there was a case of Yivam over here, that, that they were supposed to uh, uh, marry outside, marry, marry the, the Yavamas, and, and therefore they believed them. They believed that the, uh, uh, that the husbands are dead. And uh, so that's the question. Is it because the Tzara, he disagrees with the Tanakhama that we had before, and a co-wife is believed on the other one? Or is it because since she herself got married to somebody else, right? How could she, in other words, Ruben's wife uh, says that he died. Right, but Shimon can't believe her. Right, but if Reuben's wife goes and marries Levi, that's pretty strong evidence that her husband is dead. Otherwise, how could she marry her her husband's brother? So, uh, so Rabbi says, well, once she married her husband's brother, it's very clear that that her husband's dead, and and Shimon can rely on that, and vice versa. Right, that when and Shimon's wife married uh, Yehuda, so Reuben's wife can rely on that that Shimon's really dead. That's what that's what that's what uh, Rebbe Lezer says, and therefore, if Levi and Yehuda are dead, you can assume all the brothers are dead and they're free to marry. However, the question is: Is it because does Rebbe Lezer say that because 
he, he holds that a co-wife is believed in general, or only in this case, because since Ruben's wife uh, married Levi, so she, that's pretty strong. You don't have to believe. Normally, let's say you wouldn't believe Reuben's wife that Reuben is dead. Shimon's wife can't believe her, right? But over here, Reuben's wife went herself and got married to Levi. How could she marry Levi unless Reuben's really dead? Then we believe her because she, she put herself at risk, let's, let's assume. That's the case. So is it because she put herself at risk, let's call that, or because, no, he disagrees with the general idea that it's Sarah is believed about the co-wife. You believe her in this case. That was the question that the Umar raised. So the Gemara says that the bottom, let's just repeat that. Boy, Rava, four lines from the bottom of yesterday's stop. Boy, Rava, my time of Lazim, she makes up with Sarah Midlachaber, that Sarah could testify about her co wife. Odilma, and this is like it's Sarah because they're falling even to, to, they're both falling even together. Odilma, she's not going to ruin herself, right? The reason is, the reason why Lazim says he's believed over here is because Reuben's wife went and married Lady. How could she marry Lady if her husband's not really dead? You say you don't believe her. You believe her as far as herself is concerned, but Shimon's wife can't believe her. Yeah, but if she went and married and married, if Reuben's wife went and married Levi, that shows that she's really telling the truth, right? So she's not going to ruin herself. The mind of Kamina, the question is now for me to Would you marry up the Tsar before she herself? In other words, when she herself put herself at risk and married somebody else, that's a sign her husband's really dead. But let's say she didn't marry somebody else up. She just said, oh, my husband's dead. Uh, Reuben's wife said, my husband's dead. Can Shimon's wife now rely on that and marry Lashuk? Let's say there's only Reuben and Shimon. Reuben, Shimon's wife knows he's dead. And Reuben's wife says that Reuben's dead. Is she believed? It, does, does Shimon's wife believe Reuben's wife? Even if Reuben's wife didn't go and marry Lady, another brother? When before her, yeah, if you say that a, a co-wife is believed about her her co her other co-wife and I forgot low incidents to me but even, even though she didn't get remarried even though Reuben's wife didn't marry Levi you still wouldn't marry her off Atzara I'm sorry you would marry I forgot the lowest even though Reuben's wife's not marry Levi so you can still marry off Atzara Shimon's wife could get married why because we believe her if the reason is because she wouldn't ruin herself if she wouldn't ruin herself how do we know she's telling the truth Reuben's wife claims that Reuben's dead. Right, but Shimon's wife isn't allowed to believe her unless Reuben's wife goes and marries somebody else. Marries uh, Reuben's brother based on uh, Reuben's brother Levi based on her own testimony. Then you believe her. If she gets married herself, then Metsabina will say you marry after Tsara. If she doesn't marry, uh, if she doesn't get married herself, In other words, if she doesn't put herself at risk, you don't believe her. That's the question. When Rabbi Lazar says that if they marry Levi and Yehuda and then Levi and Yehuda die, then they're free to marry the Shuk. And you don't assume maybe Reuben and Shimon are still alive anymore like the Tanakama. Tanakama says they still can't get married because maybe as far as Reuben's concerned, maybe as far as Shimon's wife is concerned, maybe Reuben's alive. How do we know Reuben's dead? Because Reuben's wife said so. Well, we don't believe her. That's the Tanakama. Rabbi Lazar says, no, it's okay. Now, once they marry Levi and Yehuda, it's okay. Why? Is it because Reuben, he disagrees with the whole concept and he says that Sarah is believed? So even if even if Reuben's wife did not marry Levi, still Shimon's, Shimon's wife uh, is free to marry. Or do you say no? It's only because Reuben's wife went herself and married Levi, indicating that her husband's for sure dead, then you believe her. So if she married Levi, then it's okay for Shimon's wife to marry out. But otherwise not. That's the question. Toshma. Try to bring a blazer on my that says, Paul Hutul Yavaman. Since they're mutter, hutul chaladam. It says, since they're mutter, right? Since they're mutul yibam, since they marry Levi Yehuda, they're free to marry. If you say the reason is because she wouldn't ruin herself, meaning she put herself at risk, that makes sense. If she married, we marry off the tzara also based on that. If it's because a tzara could give testimony about her, about her co-wife, so I forgot the low ends of Namilo. What do you what did you say? Since she married, since she married the Obama, and since uh, Lazar's words and the Mishnah words, since Reuben's wife married Levi, oh, so we let uh, Shimon's wife also uh, go uh, marry out now. Why? Because Reuben's wife put herself at risk. If the reason is, is because she put herself at risk, fine. If it, the reason is simply because uh, she's believed, so even if she didn't get married, if you say that Reuben's wife is believed for Shimon's wife, and Shimon's wife is believed for Reuben's wife. What do you need this business if she got married to Levi? Even if she didn't marry Levi, also you believe her. Elish Mamina time must be the time of Rabbi Lazar, Mishim the Insa, 
Dominzi, uh, because since she married herself off to Levi, meaning Reuben's wife put herself at risk and showed that her husband's really dead, oh, that's the reason. Below mechanical enough, she's not going to ruin herself. So that's Chorah proof. But it's only because she got married, says the Gemara. No, it's no proof. It could very well be the Rebbe Lazar holds that Tzara is believed to testify about her co-wife. Rebbe Lazar, Lidivreim Kamerlo, he was simply talking to the rabbis, to the Chacham who disagreed. Lididi, Rebbe Lazar could say, Tzara Midl Chavert, I hold, I disagree with you about the general idea. We talked before about a mother-in-law cannot testify about a daughter-in-law, but Tzara could be believed, is believed about the Chavert. That's what could be Rebbe Lazar Shita. Even though Reuben's wife did not marry Levi, Shimon's wife can still get married. Ella did but according to you, if Reuben's wife went ahead and married Levi, another brother, that's clear proof that Reuben was actually dead. And then you should be motive there that if Levi now and Yehuda died, that Shimon's wife is free to marry anybody. She's not going to rule herself. Or Abaran say no. Thomas Nafshi and Plishtim. It could be that Reuben's wife uh, is lying when she said her husband's dead. I, she married Levi. So she says, I don't care. I'll be over in Israel just to ruin Shimon's wife too. So let her get also make a mistake. Let her do the same thing. She could be such a Rashanta that that's what could happen. But Thomas Nafshi and Plishtim, she simply says, I don't mind getting ruined myself as long as I ruin her too. That's, that's, so people can be some. Pardon? The, uh, the wife for herself, right? We believe her number one, but we don't believe her as far as number two is concerned, right? You know, so the question of this, yes, yes, but if Ruben's wife put herself at risk by marrying somebody else, by marrying Levi, and put herself, Rebbe Lezer says you can. Rebbe says she put herself at risk, then for sure. But the question is only, is it only because she put herself at risk, or even if she didn't put herself at risk? Maybe Rebbe Lezer disagrees with the whole concept, and he says that it's Sarah, a co-wife is believed. That's what we're trying to debate. So we said it, may, it must be only because of because she put herself at risk. Says no, maybe Rabbi Lazar holds. I hold that you believed anyway. But you rabbis at least be motivated to me when she put herself at risk that she must. That Reuben's wife must be telling the truth and therefore allow Shimon's wife to 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 marry anybody. Uh, and the rabbi said no, doesn't mean anything that she put herself at risk. Maybe she says I don't care if I, I if I'm over at Isser and I'll marry my brother-in-law when I'm not supposed to. This way I can ruin Shimon's wife too. That's how much the hatred can exist. So he's still looking for proof. Tashma, another proof. We had this case before. A woman went overseas with her husband, and she comes and tells us, Mace Bali, my husband's dead. Tina says she can get married. Okay, so she says, my husband died. We were overseas. She's entitled to get remarried. She gets Tsuba. But the Tsara is not believed. Tsara Asura. Rebbelezer, we didn't have Rebbelezer the other day. It wasn't mentioned the other day. But here it's mentioned. It's, maybe this is a Brysa. Uh, we, the first part is just like a mission that we had. Since she's mutter to get married, the tsar is also believed, right? So what do you see? Since she's believed, you believe her for the tsar too. It sounds like she's believed about her tsara, regardless of whether she was married or not. No, a mahol v'hutra v'nissus. Put that word in. Since she was mutter and she got married, when is you believed for the tsara? Maybe when do you believe her as far as the tsara is concerned? And she says, my husband's dead. She's believed for herself, but can the Tzara also get remarried? Only if the woman who reported the death, the one, the number one who was with her husband, got remarried. If she got remarried, that's different because then she showed that her husband's really dead. That's how you can learn it. So therefore, therefore, maybe it's only, again, if she put herself at risk, only then would she believe for the Tzara. If number one is believed. For herself. For herself. Yeah, but that means that her husband was dead. That means that Sarah's husband is dead too. That's correct. That's correct. They're saying, but we are, she, we, we, for the Sarah, we can't believe For herself, the rabbi said we allow it. Don't forget, there's no witnesses over here. There's no two Adam. There's no two Adam who said that he's dead. We have no solid proof that she's dead. We're relying for herself. For herself, the rabbi said, you know what? We don't want to be in the guna. We're makel for her. But she's not believed for anybody else. That doesn't sound, right? sound fair. Well, that's how it is because we're afraid. We're afraid that she's just saying that to ruin the other one. Right? What is it? A woman as a co-wife, she'd like nothing better for the for the co-wife to disappear. So she comes home from a trip and she says, "Oh, my husband's dead." Oh, oh yeah, your husband's dead. Good. I'll, we can get remarried. She goes and gets remarried and becomes effectively an adulteress, the co-wife. And the other one says, "Oh, now I got my husband to myself." Right? That's the svar over here. So she might be lying. 
So we say over here also, we can't prove either way. We can't, we want to prove that either it's only because she put herself at risk or because she didn't put herself at risk. Maybe it's maybe it's because she put herself at risk, only then is she believed, but not that in general a wife is a, a co-wife is believed, not another one. But we say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why do you say you, you say here no, but that when again in a simple case where uh, a man has two wives, one and two, and he went overseas with number one, and she comes back and says that he's dead, right? She can get remarried. She can get remarried. Okay. Uh, what about the co-wife? Oh, Rebeleza says the co-wife can get married if number one already got remarried too. If 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 number one got remarried, right? Maybe that's the shot. Only not that in general a co-wife is believed about a co-wife about the other co-wife. Rebeleza maybe agrees with a chum. The co-wife's not believed. But if number one remarried. So then you could believe her, right? If she married, then you then she put herself at risk. So this is Gemara. So what if she remarried? Maybe while they were overseas, they had a fight. The husband and number one had a fight. He gave her a get, gave her a get, and he so he divorced her. She put it in her pocket, didn't show it to anybody. And she comes home and says, um, "My husband's dead. We're free to marry. We're both free to marry." Now, number one is free to marry because she has a get, but number two is not free to marry because the guy's still alive. So maybe that's what happened. How do you believe her even if number one got remarried? Listen to this. So now we say, oh, if number one got remarried, she put herself at risk. How do you believe her even if she got remarried? Maybe she has a get and she's trying to ruin the other one, turn the other one into adulterous, conniving people. She's just trying to ruin the other one. She, she herself can get remarried because she has a get, right? Maybe. You're right. If she married a Yisrael, you have to be concerned about that. Even according to Belazar, maybe she can't get remarried. You can't believe her, even because she didn't really put herself at risk. Maybe she has to get. If she married a Kohen, then she can't claim that she has to get because maybe the husband's going to show up now. Because what, what's our concern? That the husband gave her a get, right? And, and the husband gave her a get so she can get remarried, but she's trying to ruin number two, trying to injure number two. But so, but but if she married, if number one now marries a Kohen and 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 the husband comes home, says, you know what's going on over here, and they say, oh, we, you divorced her. Where, where's the you get? She she'll have to leave her new husband, the Kohen, so she doesn't want to ruin herself. The whole concept of saying is where blood says she's not going to put herself at risk. But here she would put herself at risk. So if she marries the Israel, you're right. If number one were say, says, um, uh, um, my husband's dead. And she gets married to Yisrael. Number two cannot get married, even according to Abelazar, because maybe she was really divorced, and that's why she got married. And she's trying to ruin number two. But if she married a Cohen, then uh, it'll it'll come out, and she'll have to leave her husband too. So she put herself at risk. No, he has to divorce her then. The coin's obligated to divorce her. The rabbi's encouraged her. She married to a, a coin. Coin's not allowed to stay married to a Grusha. The Grusha's chal and she needs to get and all that, but he has to divorce her. So if she married a coin, if she married a coin, then she, she, then you can rest assured that she, according to Rebeleza, that she's telling the truth. According to Chum, Chum say, no, she would do, that, that nothing means anything. You can't believe her at all. You can't believe her at all. But according to Rebeleza, says if she put herself at risk, here she put herself at risk because she's married to a coin. She's not lying about the get. So she's telling the truth and her husband really is dead. And number two can get remarried. Now, when they testify about somebody dying, whoever it is, whether it's the wife or it's, or it's Adam who really testify, we're, now we're going to talk about what, what it, you know, more medical stuff. What does it look like? How do they testify? Mishnah says, made in all parts upon him. Ella, all parts upon him. When they testify that somebody's dead, they have to have seen the face. That means parts upon that's the face of with the nose. You know, they always show when they when they try to uh, show you a picture of somebody and you, to, to hide his identification, they put a black line like over the nose and you really can't tell the face, right? You need to see the whole face with the nose. Even though there are simonim, even though there are identification marks on his body, you know, maybe he had a tattoo, maybe there was a tattoo, maybe there was a, a scar or something. Or of a caleb or on his garments, that doesn't mean anything, right? You need to see the face. You, gotta, you can't testify that he's dead until you actually saw him die. There was no pulse, he was dead. Even if they saw him cut up, his arteries were slashed, but Sullivan, or he was crucified, or or 
animals are devouring him, that's no proof that he's dead. He might have survived. We'll talk about this. Also, a person decomposes after several days, right? So therefore, if you didn't see it within three days, you have to know it was within three days. If you see it within three days and you saw him, then you can identify that he's dead. After three days, the body decomposes, it bloats, etc., and you can't you can't test for it. It all depends on the person, on the place, the climate, the hours. So we're going to talk about is Rabbiuda Makel or Machmer. In other words, he says, the Tanakhama says, only until three days. Rabbiuda seems to say, even if it was more, sometimes even after five days, if the body was preserved, you know, they have bodies that were frozen or something like that, bodies preserved, you can even identify it later on. So it depends on the circumstances, the climate, the time, etc. We'll talk about it more. Tarabana. He saw the forehead, but you didn't see the face. Or parts of Panabolo Padachas, where you saw the face without the forehead. You need to see those. Even you can't testify that he's dead. You have to be able to see the forehead, the face, and the nose. Otherwise, you can't testify that he's dead. So it looks like him, but it's not really him. The recognition of their face is what testified against him. You've got to be able to see the face. Abba Ben Marsa. To Abba Mamanyumi, a story that uh, that same fellow Abba was his name. He owed money to the uh, Exilarch, Exilarch's house. He owed money to them. Isaac here, he bought some wax. Dafik Blaise smeared some wax on a shmata. Dafik Bafuse, and he, and he, uh, he, pushed, he uh, rubbed it on his uh, forehead. Chalav Kamayo, and he passed in front of them below, below Bashkur. They didn't recognize him. They didn't like you. In other words, <clears throat> if you if you disguise yourself, even with a little something on your forehead or your face, uh, you won't be recognizable because that's the, that, that's the key. The key is you have to be able to see the entire face, including the nose, including the forehead. So he said, even though there are simonim on the body, a scar, a tattoo, or something of that sort, um, that's not good enough. You got to be able to see the face. The name of the Raisa is the concept of identification marks, not Torah. Why aren't identification marks okay? For a minute, we learned matzah kosher bekis raniki with the boss. Let's say a man was bringing a get. Man was bringing a get from overseas or from wherever, and he was he was the uh, shliach. He was uh, giving him a get, and he lost the get. He lost it. A few days later, he found it. It was tied to his purse or to his, uh, his tra- travel case or to his uh, ring. They used to have rings, you know, like seal rings that you know that you could uh, the seal on. It was tied to that. It's okay. Oshinim to Ben Caleb, or he found it among his furniture. I feel his mom Ruba, even after a long time, it's kosher. He can assume. Now, here we're being matzah and ish, ish, right? He's giving a get. She's a married woman. How do you know it's the right get? Maybe it's somebody else's get with the same names. You have to, you know, it has to be written the Shema. The get has to be written for them. And it's, it's okay because there was a simon. He had it attached to his own uh, uh, ring or his own uh, wallet or whatever. That's okay. So you see a simon is the right. So I'm Rabbi Lokash or Blazer, Banave or It's Machlokas. In other words, is a machlokus whether Simonomar do rice or not, apparently, as we'll see. You can't testify about a mole, right? You can't say, well, this guy had a mole. You do give testimony. I said, this is this, the, the guy had a mole there. That's proof that it's him. One holds it's the rice. So you could give a simon based on that. One holds it's Rabbanan. Our Mishnah holds, apparently, that it's only Rabbanan. Right, that it's only Simonas only drop on, so you can't rely on that. The other one holds no Simonas Arisa. I'm Rabbana, that's no proof. Kuyama Simonas Arisa. Everybody could hold that Simona Arminatoris. We had the Pusik, you know, a correspondent, or 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 it's not based on a correspondent. Correspondent is seeing the face. Simonas Arisa is based on the Pusik says, Vachenta Sela Simla. So, uh, what is what's the point of Simla to show you because people have a Simon on that, so it shows you that Simon is the Arisa. Uh, why does it mention that? To show the things that have a simon, uh, you can return the items based on a simon. I, I found something in the street, you give a simon, I return it to you. Simon is a rice. Everybody could hold that. The other question is that maybe people born at the same time, Ben Gil is a person born under the same constellation, uh, they have a similar tendency to get a mole in that spot. That uh, you do find moles in the same kind of people in the same places. Presumably, Marsover ain't a Mitzuyah Ben It's not Mitzuyah, so that could be what it's talking about over there. You see the Machlokas of Lazar Ben Mava and the Chachamim is can you give testimony based on a mole? 
No, the question there is everybody calls Simon as the riser, but this is not a good simon because many people born under the same constellation will have a similar mole. Therefore, it's not a good simon. It's not an ID mark. Uh, can you give an ID and say, the guy had a hand? Everybody has a hand. That's not a simon. Simon means something that identifies him. Or could be that the machlokas here is that everybody calls up simon as the raisa, but the question over here is, is a simon changes after death? After death, the skin can change and body decomposes. Then a mold does change lachamisa, and therefore you can't testify based on that. Marsover, so it doesn't change lachamisa, it stays the same. Some say, Everybody holds the simonim is only drabonan. This we still learn of a posik of a chaintas and that could be a disanasmacha, but it's only a drabonan. The question over here is is a mold a good, distinct? Uh, simon, is it a good distinct ID mark or not? If you marsava simon mobuk, one says it is a mobuk, you testify based on that. Marsava simon, that was a question about the moles. So the Gemara says, okay, so if it's only Rabbanan, we understand our Mishnah. Why Why don't you believe him? Uh, why don't you say he had a scar or he had uh, a, uh, you know, he had a, a tattoo or some other mark on his body? Uh, that's only Rabbanan. But the Ulahachlish and Damarava, Simon is a rice. If Simon is a rice, why can't you testify that this guy is dead based on a scar? Why do you have to see his whole face? So, right? So, even though there's Simonim, you don't testify about that. Why not? Simonim is the rice. The Gemara says the Simonim we're talking about on mission are not good Simonim. Why? When he says Simonim Begufo, it means Gufo the Aruch Begos. You're right. It could very well be that a scar would be a good mark, a permanent scar. But here, when he says a simon on his body, he's talking about he was tall or short. Is that a good simon? Is Jim dead? Well, we saw a tall guy, and Jim is tall, so it must be him. Not much of a simon. Caleb, the chashin l'shela. His garments is because maybe, uh, how do you know it's his clothes? Maybe somebody else borrowed his clothes. That's not a simon. Oh, those were his clothes. I recognize the, that's his uniform. Maybe something you sent him. The chashin l'shela. If you're worried about borrowing, so why in another case in Bamatsida we learn chamor, that uh, how do we return a chamor? The question is donkeys. They all look alike, the donkeys. But you can return it with the simon of a saddle. I recognize the saddle. That's the simon that he has. Why do you return that? Maybe uh, maybe the saddle was borrowed. How do you know that maybe he lent it to somebody else and it's not his donkey? It says, when people don't lend out saddles, the mosque of because it uh, it makes a sore on the on the donkeys. In other words, the saddle once it's uh, used to sitting on a particular donkey, it it develops the shape of the donkey's back, and then people don't use that saddle on another donkey because it'll it'll make a sore. So people don't lend those out. Uh, so how do we find? What about the case of the get? You said before, if a man lost the get, and then he found it attached to his uh, his uh, saddle bag or his uh, his purse or his tabah. How do you return that? Maybe those are borrowed also. The answer is Tabaz People don't lend out their ring. It's like a, a seal ring because people are afraid that somebody will use it and forge a document based on that, right? Uh, Rashi says the guy will take take the ring and, and sign it and go to the, and the, the forger will take it to his mate, to the to the wife of the the owner and say, look, your your husband told me to give you all to hand over all all your money from the safe to me, so he'll forge it. Uh, people don't lend out their purse, their wallets, because it's like superstitious. It's like I'm giving him my mazel. B-boy, uh, same way you could say, Caleb or you could say the reason why the um, uh, why the uh, garments are not a good simon is not because they're lent out, and then we have to explain why these other arms aren't lent out, simply because also, what, are the, what was the simon on the garments? Uh, they were white or they were red. That's not much of a simon. A lot of people have white or red garments. So that's not much of a simon. So Kuvur will be the simon of Zoraisa. But over here we're speaking about where you didn't have really good simonim. But if you had good simonim, like the man had a, 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 like a tattoo today, probably wouldn't be much of a simon because they all have tattoos, right? But uh, if you had a particular scar, then maybe it would be acceptable. Mishnah said, even if you saw him cut up, his arteries were cut up, you can't testify that he's dead, he may not be dead yet. You're saying that a person who was cut up, he can live? I mean, after all, you're saying that the guy died. Say, so well, he wasn't dead then, he was dead 10 minutes later? No, maybe he survived. For many, how could a person like that live? For many, person's not Tomei, not Matame, actually, until he dies. Even if he's cut up, even if he's dying, right? You, you can't testify that maybe he survived. 
can't live. You're saying over here that maybe the man will, even if you saw him cut up, don't testify that he's dead, maybe he lived. It's over there that a person's not tummy until he dies, but he is going to die. Uh, 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 he's going to, he can't live. So Abayah's answer is, it depends on Our mission goes like Shimon Lazar, who says that a person like that can live. Even if he's cut up, he can live. And the Rabbanan say he can't. You can testify about a person who's, uh, who was cut up, even though uh, not about a person who was crucified. A crucified, maybe he's alive. But if he's cut up and his, his uh, vein, his arteries were cut, you could testify that he's dead. Because they could be cauterized and he could live, right? They could contract or cauterize them and he lived. Can you say We learn in the Seifa, mice in the next mission. We'll learn mice about us. There's a story in Asia that a man was lowered into the sea, he was lowered into the sea on a rope. And when they lifted up the rope, all that came out was his leg. If it was cut off from above the knee, in other words, you got the whole foot above the knee. He's definitely dead. Can say she can get? She's permitted to get remarried because he's definitely dead. If it was cut below the knee, in other words, the part that's uh, the part that when he was amputated was below the knee. Maybe he swam somewhere else. We're talking. We're going to talk about that. Mind shame himself. You can't see the end of the water. Maybe maybe he, he swam to another place and he survived. If he was uh, was above the knee, if he was cut above the knee, then he's definitely dead. So what do you see over here? According to Rabbi Shimon Alazar, Rabbi Shimon Alazar says, you can't, our mission says that he can survive. But over there it says that if it's cut above the knee, he can't survive. So how can you say our mission goes like Shimon Alazar? Shiny Maya, the Mars of Maka. It's different if he was lost in the ocean because uh, the water will uh, irritate the wound. In other words, if he's just hurt on land, right? If he's, if he's cut up, he can survive. He can cauterize the wound. But if he was in the ocean, then if he had an open wound, it would irritate it more. And that's why Rabbi Shemuel also says he was dead there. I saw an Arab, he took a sword, and he slashed his camel. He didn't even stop braying before he was dead. In other words, he was dead almost immediately. So you see over here that they don't survive at once his arteries were cut. He was a very weak, um, very weak camel. He was half dead anyway, and that's why he died. But according to Shimon Lazar, uh, just the fact that he's cut up doesn't mean anything because the wound can contract or cauterize, and it'd be okay. And the ocean is different because in the ocean, the ocean itself, maybe the salt water, whatever, uh, it makes makes it worse. So, so what? So what is? So the question over here is: If a person is cut up, is can he survive or not? Our mission says he could survive. We have an opinion that he can't survive. And therefore, you could testify that he's dead. So he said, "Our message of Shimon Lazar over there speaking the Rabbanan." Rabbi gives a different answer. Amar, the Sakim Melubenes Our mission speaking about you're right. Normally, if a person has his arteries cut, he can't live. But our mission speaking about where he was cut with a hot knife, and the hot knife itself cauterized the wound. That's what happened. The Sakim Melubenes, like a white, uh, white, red hot uh, knife, and everybody agrees there that he can live. So it is possible to be cut and. And uh, and survive, okay. But still, we know that's pretty rare. The mission says, or if, if an animal's devouring him, you could still say that he could survive. That's only if he's not uh, the the animal is not devouring, let's say, a um, a vital organ, right? But if he's uh, but if an animal is eating up his vital organ, you know, he's, he's eating up his heart there, or uh, you know, his uh, trachea, whatever, his lungs, he's dead. Uh, you can assume that. Bamar Vira Mashmul, Shachabo Shnaim, Shachabo Shnaim, Baruch Me'idin. says, let's say a man, um, somebody could, just like we talk about sheet of an animal, a sheet of a man, his, his, his trachea and esophagus were both, were both severed or mostly severed. And he ran away. Somebody cut him. He was in a sword fight and they cut him across his neck and they severed both uh, both vital organs there and he ran away. I mean, you can testify that he's dead. He might have run away, but he's not going to get very far. He's going to be dead. 
you can testify that his wife can get remarried. Let's say, let's say that happened. A man had his vital organ, his esophagus, paper were both were both uh, mostly severed. And he was laying there, Varamas, and he hinted and he said, I'm gonna kiss forget lishti quick, right? A get for my wife so she shouldn't have to fall even or chalitza. You can give it assuming that he's alive. The answer is he's alive now. You better give the get right away. Because if you only gave it after he's dead, uh, then it's too late. But he's right now, but he's gonna die. She can testify now. How long can a man live like that? If his vital organs are severed, he's not gonna live very long, maybe a few hours or not even that. But uh, you can testify the next day that he's dead. But he's live at that point. If he's wanting to give his wife a get right there, or maybe like we learned yesterday, he appointed the other guy a shliach, a shliach to accept the get for her. And in that case, if she didn't, if he knew that she didn't want to marry her brother, his brother, then maybe it would be a schusper. Wait a minute, if that's the case, if you're saying that what if you severed somebody's vital organs, he's definitely considered dead. He might not be dead now, but he's going to be dead in a few hours. So if that's the case, if he did it by accident, let's say by accident, you were, you were, you were uh, chopping a tree and your ax went and severed the guy's neck and, uh, and you should go into Gaulus, right? That's, you killed him with Shogay, right? Why do we learn? You don't go into Gaulus, but you did kill him. If he did it by accident, you should, you should, uh, you should go into Gaulus. That's different. We're afraid that over there, it wasn't his action alone that killed him. You're right, you go into Gaulus and you killed him with Shogay, but it could be over there that it was windy and the wind aggravated the, the, the wound. In other words, had it not been so windy, he might have survived or might have survived longer. But uh, over here, maybe the, maybe the wind uh, had an effect because you opened the wound and then the wind came in and caused him to Or maybe the man was so, <clears throat> so upset and he was struggling and convulsing that he, he, he hastened his own death. Because you know, if you hasten the death, that, that means he didn't just die based on the person who who uh, who axed him, but rather who uh, but rather was his own action. Might be now, what's the difference if the reason is because of the wind, or the reason because of himself, because of the wounded person himself uh, hastening his death? The shachtim based the shaychel upirch. Let's say, let's say he the the uh, the person who, who who hit him with the axe, the axe holder. Uh, it was done in a room. There was no wind. There was it was a it was a house that was totally enclosed, like you say, a house that was made out of marble. There were no windows there, so there was no there was no wind. But Birchus, but he was convulsing. If the reason is convulsing, that's why he doesn't go into gold, It's fine. But if there was no wind and he didn't convulse, then in a chanami, then the person who the, the axe holder would go into gold because he killed him. Inami um, or let's say it was outside. And he didn't convulse, so it was the wind that did it. So again, if you hold against the wind, that's then if you hold against the wind, so when there's a wind, then you don't go into Gullus, but otherwise you would go into Gullus. Uh, and if the reason is because he convulsed, if he didn't convulse, um, and then and there was no wind, then you would go into Gullus uh, based on based on that. So it depends what your reasoning is. Rashi says in the third line, based on the second line, Shain Shamruach, Lishni Duruch Bavaso, he would go into Gullus. He died because himself. And as if the reason is that you don't go into Gaulus is because you didn't really do it because the wind did it. That's this wind. If there's no wind and he dies, then it's your fault. You go into Gaulus. If the reason is because of convulsing, right? So he was outside and he didn't convulse. He didn't convulse and he died. Then you would go into Gaulus. It's only if he convulsed himself means he hastened his own death. Rabbi said, you know, we said in the Mishnah that all testimony, I mean, you have to see his face, etc. We said if you hold simonim is daraisa, then it could very well be if there was a good simon, you could testify based on that a particular scar or something of that sort. Uh, but you can only testify within three days of death. If you say uh, you, you came across the body and it was clearly, you know, days, many days later or weeks later, you can't say I saw him because maybe it looks different now. Now that the body has been decomposed. So Rabbi says, it all depends. Now you don't say three days. It depends on the circumstances, the climate, uh, what was going on over there. So Mars is like, is he boiled or Rabbi bin Baba? Rabbi says it all depends. He says, Rabbi says at the end of the Mishra, Rabbi Baba, look, not all people, not all places, not all hours, not around all the same. There may be difference of day or night. Is he going Lakula when he says this, Paulie? And he's saying, no, sometimes you can even testify even after three days. 
or is he saying Mechumra and saying sometimes you don't even have three days? Right? That's the question over here. So Tashma, do have a story. The top of a Karmi, man drowned in that place in Karmi, and his body washed up at Behed at a different place. After three days, allowed his wife, permitted his wife to get remarried based on that testimony, even though it was more than three days. In other words, his body clearly washed up three days later. The Sioux, and we, so it must be that uh, here you see that he's going Lakula. The Sioux, who got it, there was a story of Diglas, a man drowned in the Diglas in the Tigris River. Uh, and they, he washed up, but they found him near the bridge of Shabisna. And Rava married off his wife, permitted his wife to get married. Based on the testimony of the groomsmen, who, who just knew who knew him right before he died. The after five days. After five days, not three days. If you say he's, he's going Lakula, Rabbi Mava saying Lakula, he's saying sometimes you get a lot even more than three days. If he's going Lakumra and saying that there are times when you don't even have three days, right? who are they going like? It was after three days, after five days. She says, no, could be that's no proof in there at all. Shiny Maya did something. Water is different because water can, can cause the body to contract, meaning it doesn't bloat up. It doesn't bloat up right away. Ah, yes. So therefore, you can't prove anything from this question. Was was Rabbi Baba Mekel or Machmer? Rashi to come down to Kamei Mina Gam Yamavas or Rabbi Yudav Meimer. Yesh Lanavet Malkum Oshah Sheinav Ma'al Pa'ol Chishtanas Fiyachalam and Afilachiron. Oh Luchomer to come down to Kamei Shlashiyaman Meidin Vasa'il Meimer. Hama Fields of Shlashiyaman Meidin. So can you prove? You can't prove in this case because this case they were both both cases were where the guy was in water and when he was in water, body contracts, it doesn't expand. So wait a minute, Bummer. We just said on Amid Beis before Maya Marzu, right? Uh, that the water irritates the wound. Remember, we said a says, no, the body can cauterize and you can't prove anything if there's a wound. Maybe the body will heal and you can't prove. Well, says, what do you mean? But the Mishnah said that they, the guy was lowered into the ocean and they picked him up and all that came up was his leg above the knee. He's dead. What do you mean? <coughs> Maybe it was caught. says, no, there the water irritates the wound more and he dies for sure. So here you're saying that the water contracts the body and it stays intact. And there you said that the water irritates the body. When there was a maka, when there was a cut open wound, all you have is the leg. That means it was cut off. The leg was severed. That's a pretty big wound, right? The leg was severed. Then the water makes it worse. Maybe the salt water irritates it even more. If there's no like the body's totally intact. The guy drowned. The body's intact. Then mitzvah summons, then the body contracts. And, and, and doesn't lose its uh, ID. You could still ID the body even days later. That's only if when, they, when the body washed up and the, and the body came out of the water, they saw it right away. But if the body stayed there afterwards, it bloats up. In other words, if they could identify the body, the body was in the water intact without a wound, then it might stay even for more than three days. Even if you hold that, we, and as we can't prove as Rabbi Yudavendava being Mekel or being Machma, because it could very well be that the cases that you're bringing down are cases where it was in water, the body was not wounded in any way, so there was no wound for the water to irritate more, aggravate more. The body stayed intact, and then as soon as the body came out of the water, they identified it because the body was still intact. But if they waited a couple of days afterwards, then the body would begin to bloat, and and it didn't, and you couldn't identify it anymore. Now let's say he fell into water. Now can you can you testify? We're saying over here, can we testify if you saw the guy's face? Or if the old Simon is the Raisa, maybe a real good, a real good uh, Simon would be good too. And according to <clears throat> according to Sami, if he was really, you know, if we said uh, if he was uh, being devoured by an animal uh, in a place where a vital organ was, you can say he's dead too. Even if he didn't take his pulse, but there was a, a there was an animal devouring his uh, his organs. You can assume that he's dead. And even Maguya also, according to some, says Maguya, you could testify that he's dead. What about if he's just drowned? Guy goes down, can you assume he's dead? Nobody can stay in water, you know, hours and hours. So So here we come to the question, water that has an end, meaning you could see all four sides, like a lake, or you could see all sides, or a swimming pool. 
So <coughs> the mission says, whether herself, so he can't marry off his wife. Maybe he survived. That's what that's her mayor's sheet. Um, mayor, mayor holds even water, which you could see the end, you could see all sides. He didn't come out. You saw the guy go down, two eight of them were there. They saw the guy go down, never came up. So isn't he dead for sure? Rameyer says, no, maybe he survived. He fell into a, a, a pit of water, a guttle, a big pit. After three days, he came out. After three days, he came out and somehow he survived in there. Maybe he found a, an air pocket or something or they couldn't see. So Rameyer says, based on that, you can't assume he's dead. Rabbi Yossi disagrees. We'll see that Rabbi Yossi is a sheet of the that we hold. Rabbi Yossi says, Maisa, the summon, is a blind guy, she He went down to the mikveh in a cave, a cave that had water, and he went down to the mikveh. His attendant, his, his escort, uh, his you know, Filipino, whatever, was with him, and he went down afterwards. They waited and waited, they never came out. And their wives were permitted to get remarried based on that because they stayed there too long in the water. This is water, what we call Shiesham soap. They were in the mikvah. They were in a ma'ara. In an ocean, you say, maybe the guy swam and swam and you can't see. He went beyond the horizon. You can't see. Maybe he came out the other end. That's mayim she'ein lem sof. There's no end. You can't see the end. But mayim she'ein lem sof, if it's a lake, a river, uh, or a place that you can see all the sides, all four sides, or a mikvah or a pool of some sort, and they didn't come out, you can rely on that, that they're dead. Even if they never come up. The Shub Ma'isvas, there's a story. This is the story in age that we talked about before. They lowered him into the ocean. All that came out was his foot. If he was severed above the knee, Tinasa's wife can get remarried. If it's below the knee, if it's below the knee and he fell into the ocean, maybe he survived, he swam away. But if the wound was above the knee, there's no way that he should survive. The water would, would make it worse. And you can assume he's dead, even though the body was never found. That's that's what you have. What do you do in cases where they go down and the water, you know, the Dakar, the, the famous submarine in Israel, you know, it was, I don't know if it took a long time for that because they don't know what happened to it. Maybe the, maybe the, it was Maim Shainlam Sof, you know, it was in the Mediterranean that the, that the uh, submarine went down and it took a long time to be matter their wives to get remarried because maybe they, uh, maybe they were taken into captivity. Maybe the submarine, they didn't know what happened to the submarine for years. Now, now we know what happened, but, uh, they were declared dead, but but maybe the submarine was taken into captivity. We don't know. So it's mine. Shayeshlem Sof. You have to assume maybe he's alive, unless you have the body, you have his leg. Merholds have water, whether it has an end or not. His wife can't get married because you assume maybe he's alive. If it has, if, if, if you could see all sides and it's like a lake or a, a pool. Then if it's, he didn't come out long enough for, you know, nobody can hold their breath that long for hours. Ishtamatarus' wife is allowed to get remarried. Shame himself, Ishtu Asura. If he if it if it's no end, like an ocean where it goes on and on, you can't see the end, then his wife cannot get remarried because maybe he came out somewhere else. Maybe he washed up ashore or he swam ashore at the, at the other end. What's Mamshesh himself on Rafaya? You stand at the edge and you can see all four sides, all four sides. Um, but if you, if you can't see all four sides, that's mine, Shane Lem Sof. It's like the Mediterranean goes out to the Atlantic and you can't see, maybe he swam and got ashore somewhere else. Tells a story, the Simki, a man, uh, a man uh, drowned in that, in that swamp called Simki. In some Rav Shila, the best Rav Shila married off his wife. That's mine, Shane Sof. You could see all the sides. How did he allow his wife to get remarried? Let's put this uh, Rav Shila in Cherem. Amalei, so Shmuel said to him, Nishlach Leberesha, let's ask him first. Let's give him a hearing, uh, a shamua, huh? a due process, a shimua. You give him a hearing first to see, let's ask him. Shofalei, they ask him, Ma'im she'en lemsof, ishto asura, oh, I must, if ma'im that she'en lemsof, a water that has no end, is his wife, asura motor. His wife is also, if it's Ainlem Sof, she can't get remarried. That, that the swamp over there doesn't have end or not. He says it's a Mime Sheinlem Sofu. That wasn't just a little swamp, a little pool. It's himself. So, my time, so why did you allow her to get remarried? 
It was Mayim Sha'inla himself. Maybe he got, the guy, uh, maybe he, it seems he drowned here, but maybe he got up somewhere else. So, uh, so he says, I made a mistake. Honestly, I said, keep in the kavu, the kaimi, since the water is gathered and it's stationary, in other words, even though you couldn't see the end, but it was stationary water like a lake. I thought it's like Mam Sheshlam Sof, and he didn't come out, so I had cleared him dead. Lo, it's not the case. Keeping the Ikigali, since there's sometimes waves, Amargali Ashbalo, maybe the waves uh, pushed him, pushed him and 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 took him away. Lamakamrachim pushed him away, and maybe he did come out. So I made a mistake when he allowed his wife to get remarried. So Kari Shmuel laid the Rav. Shmuel said about Rav, Lo, you know, Sada Kalovan. Nothing bad will befall at Sadiq. And as Rav wanted to put him in Chaim, Rav says, says, Shmuel, let's put him in Chaim. Shmuel says, let's wait. Let's give him a hearing. So Shmuel says, you see, because of this, in other words, he made it, he admitted that he made a mistake. It wasn't like he went against the rabbis and said, Maim ain't let himself, I'm going to marry his water off. I made a mistake. I thought it's like Maim Sheh let himself. It turns out it's really Maim Sheh ain't let himself. So Shmuel said about Rav, no bad thing will happen. You want to put him in Chaim and nothing bad happened because you're at Sadiq. And Kari Rav led to Shmuel, and Rav then complimented Shmuel and said, you see, the salvation will be with many counselors. In other words, because you counseled me and you said, wait, let's give him a hearing first. That saved us from putting him in Chayram. In other words, it's interesting that this Rav Shila made a mistake, but he admitted he made a mistake. He didn't put him in Chayram when he went against the rabbis. Here he admitted, yes, Mind Shane Lem Sof, you can't marry her up because maybe he came up somewhere else. I made a mistake. I thought this is like Mind Shesh Lem Sof. I thought it's like a lake or a pool because he didn't come out and the water stationary, but sometimes the water moves along because it is Mind Shane Lem Sof. It doesn't have an end to it. And therefore, uh, I shouldn't have allowed his wife to get remarried. It doesn't say if she actually married, married up or not. He says he allowed her. Maybe maybe he was also Zocha. Uh, he says, In Sava Rav, she permitted her to get married. And, Maybe just simply made a mistake. All right, we'll pick him here tomorrow. Shem from Tanya. Have a good day, everybody. Yes, good.